Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Mental Golf Show. As always, I'm your host, Josh Nichols. And on today's episode, I want to uh, really encourage you to listen to this entire thing because this is an awesome conversation uh, with a, another professional golfer. But before I get into that, I want to remind you that you can take the mental game assessment. It's an assessment that uh, Robert Limble and I uh, at Precision Golf School created to uh, give to players, give to our players that we're working with to get their kind of self-reported stance on the mental game, how they relate to their game, how they relate to hard work, practice, how much they love the game, their self-awareness, their self-confidence, all of the things, fear of failure, pressure, anxiety, everything. There's 18 different traits that we rate, rate uh, the mental game on based on your responses. So if you want to take the assessment, uh, the link will be in the show notes. It'll be the first thing you see in the show notes, or you can go to my website, foundationsmp.com. Uh, that link will be in the show notes as well, uh, to take the mental game assessment. It's free, takes about 15 minutes, uh, and I'll get a handmade report back to you as soon as I can. Uh, there's been a lot of people that have taken it already. Uh, so very encouraging to see, uh, some, some awesome responses. So uh, head head to the link in the show notes. Um, so yeah, into today's episode, uh, I talk with professional golfer Beth Wu. Um, it's just a great, really good down-to-earth episode. Yes, she's a pro golfer, but and very good, and playing well this year already, but she uh, just has such a good perspective on the game. And what's cool is she's kind of just starting her journey of focusing on the mental game. So I think that's a good position that so many of you listeners can relate to is like, I'm looking for ways to start working on my mental game. And Beth dives into that. So I love it. So I encourage you to listen to this whole thing and listen closely, take notes, whatever you got to do to learn from Beth. All right, let's get into it. I'm Beth Wu. I am a technically a rookie on the Symmetra tour this year, and I'm just trying to chase my card, I guess. So trying to do the best I can and all that. Yeah. <laughs> Good sure. deal. Um, so, so I guess we'll mostly talk about like how you think about, cause this is the mental golf show. So yeah. it's like, um, mental, mental specific. So, Mm -hmm. you know, how you think about the mental game, how you work on it, what your routines are, that kind of stuff. Um, so I guess just to start, like, how has your game been recently? Like, honestly, recently. So I just got off, uh, I've been on the road for like a month and a half. So towards the end, I did get to a point where I was kind of mentally exhausted. Mm. Um, I just remember specifically on my last round, um, at the tournament in Michigan, like it was it was to the point where I just wanted to go home, but that's that, I mean, everyone gets tired and all that. Right. And so there's a point where you just have to be like, all right, just get it together and finish strong and all that. Um, Definitely hit that point. But honestly, like the mental part of my game, I could do better. Like, I'm not going to lie, but I mean, not, no one's perfect in that sort and all that. So um, game wise, I'm, I'm recharging it right now, basically. So, yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So how, how was like the month and a half? Was it, was it mentally exhausting because it wasn't going great or just because it was a lot of golf or what, it, what it, do you think? 
I think it was a combo of just a lot of golf and traveling um, since it is my rookie year. And it, that was the, basically the first, uh, those are my first five events of the year for on Symmetra tour. And so it was a little taste of what road life is like. And, you know, it's definitely a learning experience and how I can manage my like mental energy, physical energy and whatever. So honestly, I didn't even play that bad at golf. I, I made the cut in four out of five events. Um, I want to say it was towards the end, it was probably my mental game because my physical game was, you know, like, okay, it was fine. It got me cuts. It got me, you know, decent shots here and there. But honestly, I just think I just had this like revelation yesterday with someone I was talking to that my mental game has to become better if I want to get to the next stage. Mm. So that's honestly doing this show and then also or podcast. I mean, yeah, sure, and sure. like talking to my friend yesterday was like actually a very good thing. <laughs> so, Great. Yeah. yeah. It kind of yeah. shined the light on probably what you think you need to work on. Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, that is perfect, perfect segue into what I want to talk about with you is like, yeah. how, how do you think about working on the mental game? And since it's a pretty fresh revelation for you, maybe you haven't mm-hmm. like fleshed it out completely, but what do you think yeah. you, when you say I need it, it needs to get better for you to get to the next level? What do you mean? I think it's, well, I mean, this is what we're testing out. So it's all about, I, all about commitment. And so for me, when I, when I had these, when I look back at my rounds, I'm like, was I a hundred percent committed to the shot? Was I a hundred percent committed to the number, the win, blah, blah, blah. And so I look back, I'm like, you know, hindsight's 2020 vision. Right. And so it's like, I should have done this, this, and this. And so what my plan is for the next, you know, like two months that I had a talk with my friend yesterday was just like a hundred percent commitment to my goal, which is obviously like getting top 10 in on the LPGA so if I can like 100% commit I'll just like work in little baby steps to like the next two months which adds on to like the next year or whatever and so basically it's commitment Mm. because yeah it's just doing that because my mind gets really scattered Mm. so that's why I like simplifying things so that I don't have to like go from point a b c d e which is just I just need two things as I can focus on it so yeah that's okay. pretty much it. Mm-hmm. So when you say 100% commit, is that like um, standing behind the ball pre-shot, nitty-gritty commitment like that? I th- I think it's, well, yeah, it's commitment to like getting the numbers and, and like focusing on that one number that I want to hit. And then also going through the routine of like the pre-shot routine because I, I really like the uh, Vision 54 stuff. I've like read a book on it. I've we kind of dabbled on it, I think, in college, I think. And then also, um, I, I downloaded the app, whatever. The whole play box, think box thing, you, I don't know if you know it. But it's just really crossing that line for me is a little difficult because my mind is so scattered sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's why I got to, like, start practicing and putting that in part of my, like, practice schedule, whether I'm on the range, putting, chipping, whatever. So I really just kind of just really started it, I want to say, two weeks ago practice and honestly it's 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 more of an intentional focused practice rather than just you know hitting balls away or working on your swing all the working on my swing all the time which honestly I need to kind of stray away from because it's like the mechanics are there now it's just focusing on the mental side Mm. yeah 
Yeah, that's advice for everybody, especially people that have are at a higher level that have the mechanics there, like you're saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, if if someone's really like not great physically, it shifts. It's like uh, focus on your physical game more yeah. and then the mental game. But for you, you're a good player. So, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't want to sound like cocky or anything, but like the mechanics for me are there. Like mm. I've gotten to a point where I've solidified like the things or my swing. And like, I know what, if I do this wrong, I know how to fix it. But it's when it comes to like, you know, if I don't have a good shot or if I react to it or like, or even like the opposite, if I'm doing well, I get too far ahead of myself. So I'm like, all right, where are my feet? Like, I just literally have to like wiggle my toes to be like, this is where I am right now. I can't get ahead of myself. So that's just, I mean, that's the thing that you don't really learn as a kid because you're always like, I got to, you know, hit it close or whatever, hit it far. But then they don't, I wish I'd learned younger to just be more aware of the mental side of the game. Yeah. yeah. I think that would be it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you mentioned putting it into your practice and making intentional focused practice mm-hmm. two weeks ago. So what, what do you do? And like, cause this is something people that are listening could do. Like yeah. how could they change their practice or add to their practice that puts in that focus and intentionality? Well, I mean, I just, I literally just downloaded the vision 54 app and I just, they have these like drills and stuff. Okay. Right. And so I just tried doing that and just, I said, I always, I start my practice doing whatever drill they have on there. And so even so in my warmups at my last event, which was, so I started it two weeks ago or so, and the next day I had a tournament. And so that's when I had my warmups and stuff, I did like some balance, you know, swings, tempo, whatever, because they're all about balance, tempo, tension, right? And so I kind of incorporated that in my warmup and I felt way more relaxed go- leading up to my first tee shot than I have before, because all I had to focus was on those three things, especially tempo for me, I think, because that's when I get quick and stuff, that's when it goes wrong. But other than that, like in practice though, it's, I want to say, yeah, just the apps basically. Mm-hmm. If you don't have the apps, just like come up with something that you think, or like that you think that's, that'll work on the golf course. Remember like people just say practice on the range, like you would on the golf course. Um, not necessarily vice versa, which I've learned as well, because for me, like someone had noticed that I take too long over the, like I, play on the course like I'm practicing on the range which is not what I want to do because I'm like thinking like oh I can just hit another shot but no honestly you only have one shot to hit on the golf course so that I had to change as well Hmm. okay so you you take what's going to happen on the course and say I know I only get one shot on the course so that's going to change how I practice so what does yeah. What does that version of practice look like where it's like, I don't necessarily get to hit another shot. So I'm going to focus on just mm-hmm. this one. How does that play out on the range for you? So on the range, it's basically a lot of target practice and you have these. So, I mean, I would, so sometimes I just set up um, like fairways in the, on the driving range. Um, granted the range at home for me is quite small, but like when I'm on bigger ranges, I'm like, all right, I got two pulled. I need to hit the fairway here. And I always make it smaller than I, than the actual fairways just to make it a little harder on me. 
And so once I nail those, then I can just move on. I'm not a person who like has to do like five in a row or something. I'm more of a, if I feel good about it and I feel like, okay, then I'll move on. Like, I don't have like time restrictions on my practices because like time is just a thing for me, honestly, because I can't be locked down into a certain amount of time. Um, so I think with that, it's more of like, so the, get back to your point, like more target practice, pretend you're on the golf course. Like sometimes in the practice sessions before going up to a tournament, I'll imagine the golf holes with the tee shots, especially, and just play them on the range. Like I'll shift whatever, try to think of everything and then just go through the yardage book and then just nail those down. And then I feel completely better and ready to go to the next, I mean, mm. to start their tournament. Right. And that, yeah. and that kind of want, like, not just meant, not just physically warms up your body. Mm. It kind of gets your mind mm. warmed up for the first exactly. Tee? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had this, I had someone who also told me a while ago, she, I mean, this is a woman who like won major champion. I, I think she won the U S open like three times or something. Um, wow. Hollis Stacy. And so she told me a while ago, she's like, all right, the night before just imagine every hole and imagine you're burning each hole. And so that's, I don't, she told me to do that. And I honestly, I think the next day I did well or something. So sometimes I just play the holes in my head as well. And when I'm marking my pins the day before, I literally do it as well. Like, I'm just being, if I can get a point A to point B to point C, then I'll, that set me up for the best like outcome, mm -hmm. I guess. So yeah. that's another thing you could also do as well. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. It, it's any of this is, is way better than showing up to the range an hour before and just whacking balls, mm -hmm. just not even thinking. Yeah. And so how, mm -hmm. with that being said, how do you lay out your pre-round warm-up routine? Like, um, like putting, chipping range yeah. time-wise? Because this is something a lot of players wonder what, like, should I spend this much time at the putting green or this? Like, what do you do? Yeah. Um, so basically what it, so I get there probably get an hour 15 ahead. And then I um, go putting first and then I'll go, I'll do some like gate drills or whatever, just like, and then do a lot of speed work, like 10 footers, four footers, whatever. And then, um, then I'll go on the range, hit some, then I'll warm up, do like bounce, whatever. Um, go through clubs. I kind of go through this thing where it's like day one is odd, odd clubs, day two is even clubs and all that. I'm kind of like weird like that, but <laughs> it is what it is. Sure. And then I, and then I'll go hit some chips and I always end on putting. I always stop like 15 minutes before my tea time, 15 ish, maybe 12, just so I can like relax. Cause I always get very anxious about things. And so, um, that's why I was telling you earlier or beforehand, I was like, I need to simplify everything because once I start overthinking, it's just like, it, it's a, it's chaotic, honestly, mm -hmm. in my brain. So once I get those 20 minutes, I just literally, I'm doing whatever I'm listening to music. I'm listening I'm like scrolling through Twitter whatever just to like get my mind off of things because once they start saying from Diamond Bar California I I start to like get a little amped and so that's that's why in practice I'm always saying in my head from Diamond Bar California then I like tee off or whatever and I make sure I stripe it off the tee hmm. like I just that's that's like a thing that I have to practice and all that 
That's really so. cool. Like you actually visualize yourself, imagine yourself on the first tee being announced yes. in yes. practice. That's awesome. Yes. That's cool. I've yeah. never heard, I've never heard anybody say they do that. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, um, I think that's a great idea for everybody. I mean, not everyone plays tournaments where they're getting announced, but if you do, that's awesome. If you don't there, everyone has that feeling of like, okay, your buddy just teed off. Now it's your turn. Mm -hmm. Something mm -hmm. happens inside that you need to be mm -hmm. prepared for. And if that's the first time it happens, then you're not, you're going to get caught off guard, but oh yeah, it's, you're able to prepare for that thing. I love that. That's, that's really good yeah. advice. Like it's even like at home too, because like you're on the first tee and you got people at your club staring at you teeing off. You're just like, oh gosh, I have this. And our, our my home club, the fairway is like maybe 20 yards wide. Whoa. So it's like 2025. 20, so you, ha you have to stripe it or <laughs> uh, that's where it gets a little toxic because it's like, you want to perform for yourself. Right. And not for people's enjoyment or people judging you or whatever. And so that's also another thing I've had to overcome as well, because it's like, I don't necessarily have to care about what other people think of me rather than what I think of myself. Mm. And so I don't care if I hook it off the first tee. Mm. But then the thing is that I have to practice it. So it's just like, it's a little, I want to hit the best shot I can, but I also don't care what other people think. And so that's why I still prepare even at home, like the first tee shot, I'm like on the range, like hit the, hit the fairway, hit the fairway. But when I get up there, it's, I've already done it. Mm. So I could just do it again. Right. And all that. So. Yeah, that is, that is a tough one of most pressure. Well, I guess pressure can come from internal or external mm, and, mm -hmm. and different people feel it more strongly from external or internal. And, mm -hmm. you know, if there's thousands of people watching you, you probably feel some external pressure. Mm -hmm. And even when there's 10 people at your club that mm -hmm. want to see, Ooh, is she as good as she, we think she is yeah, or whatever. Exactly. Uh, there's some external pressure, but do you feel like you play better when you say it's all on me. Like, I don't care what anybody thinks. Is that like something you're actively trying to do? Um, I, so yeah, a little bit. So before I would always care about what people would think I would, cause my, I was always, I'm all, I currently am very outcome oriented, which I have to stray away from. Um, so now I'm like, I don't, I don't care what anyone thinks like as long as I can just like be content with myself. That's all that truly matters, honestly. And like, I have to remind myself that like my family is, are the, the people I honestly care about are my family and like a closer friends. I literally do not care what average Joe over here thinks. <laughs> so it's like, I have this like one quote that was always stuck in my head. It was like confident because for me, it's confidence is a thing for me. Like I have to feel confident. And so I think it was like confidence is like not what other people i let me let me pull it out i literally have it oh sure awesome yeah because got I, it handy. I wrote it i wrote it down beth has her notebook out she's looking at so it's literally okay so it's like confidence is not they'll like me confidence instead is i'll be fine if they don't hmm. so that's a thing that i had to like work on because you know like growing up playing junior golf like I was pretty good I'm not gonna lie and so that's where when people are like oh my god you're so great and you have all these comments and like they're amping you up but then once I hit college I didn't play well 
And so that's why I started to worry like, oh, they don't like me anymore. Oh, they don't care about me anymore. And so that's why I had like during like my soft, no, sophomore, junior year of college, I like went through a huge slump and the people who are, who, I mean, my family was obviously there for me, a couple friends here and there. And then it's just basically like, I had to stop caring what other people thought about me and stuff. And so that's another part of the mental game, especially when you're on tour and you're like, people, ex- it's not that people expected you to play well. It's like, if you're a known name or something, they're like, oh, why isn't she playing well? Or what happened to her or something? Like, there's a lot of girls out there that, you know, even I quit, even I was like, whoa, what happened? Mm. But at the same time, it's like, they probably don't care what you think or like, they, I hope they don't care what I think. Cause I truly, I honestly want the best for everyone and stuff. But for me, that was a big thing for me when I was going through that slump and going in college and all that. Right. Um, and then also like at the end when I was getting my, my going through Q school, um, another mental thing is like, I didn't get patched. I didn't get full symmetry status. So that was another thing that plays on your mental side. You're like, am I good enough? Is the confidence, like, are you confident enough to like, just try it again or, you know, try to get your card next year and stuff. So the mental got part of golf is so underrated. Mm-hmm. I want to say people don't emphasize it enough. All these Instagram videos are like, how to swing the golf club better. It's like, no, I want to see the ones on mental game <laughs> and all that. So that's what I, I'm trying to be part of that conversation because yeah, I, for myself, it was so like I played meh in college and, Mm -hmm. and then moved back home and, and started the process of like, I'm going to turn pro. And Mm -hmm. it took me three, four years of just kind of not great golf. And then I finally started working with an instructor who cared about the mental game and, Mm -hmm. and that just focusing on the mental side of it was what helped me improve the most. And, and if, if all I ever cared about was the physical game, which is all I cared about, I never mm-hmm. really got a ton better. But once I started kind of like putting like the, I would try to stack the bricks up with the physical game, but they would mm-hmm. always fall down until I, the mental game was like the mortar between the mm-hmm. bricks that was kind of yes. holding the bricks together. And, yeah. and they finally started stacking And Mm -hmm. ultimately I never ended up turning pro anyway for other reasons, but Mm. the mental game was so never talked about underrated. I love that you said that it was just never just focused on by anybody. Um, and so at what point did you kind of, I know you had a realization yesterday and recently, but at what point did you start like, really seeing improvement in your game to get where you are here and what helped that improvement? Oh gosh. I don't know. Um, like when did you graduate? I graduated in 2019. Okay. Um, but I mean, so, and I'm going to preface preface this with, um, in college, we did have a sports psychology, Jeff Trosh loved, loved him, Mm -hmm. talked about a lot of things with him. He, I always have this thing for him that I always said, uh, control the controllables and so that was the thing for me because I was like always comparing myself thinking about what other things I was like I can't control what the other girls are shooting right and so that's one I should have caught up on that earlier than literally like than this year 
and I kind of regret that, but I'm glad that I realize it now than two years from now. Sure. Um, so, and the, so the other thing recently was I had a friend who, the same friend who I talked to yesterday was like, she told me kiss, keep it simple, stupid. Mm-hmm. And so literally from that point on, I think that was right before I played in Kansas and I finished second or something, or maybe that was whatever. Mm-hmm. Literally all I thought in Kansas was just one little thing in my head and I played extremely well in like those conditions and stuff. Um, so that was probably it. Just keeping everything simple right? and all that. Yeah. And focusing it's easier on control. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah it yeah. is. So, yeah. so it, so was it like, like I, you, cause you said you played good in junior golf. You were a good junior player, yes. but then you kind of played not great in college. Um, yes. and then, and then was it like, you started getting better by the end of college or you started getting better after college? When was that? I want to say maybe slightly better at the end of college. Like things, it was like baby steps. Like I, I had one, tied for first slash one, uh, my for, uh, first collegiate event in my senior year. So I think that's where I started to like inc- have an incline and all that. Um, and then Q school finished like fourth in stage one then at stage two that's where it kind of went back down like I finished I don't even know like tight 90th tight 95th whatever um didn't make a stage two don't didn't have full status and that's when I started to rethink I'm like oh crap like am I am I good enough and all this which is the downwards file I always go down like go to and stuff which is not the case because mechanically I am good enough mentally I could do better so I think 2020 was a point 2020 was a year for me to like work on my mechanic the mechanics and I had wished I worked on my mental game because I had so much time um but now with I have like two weeks off I'm gonna really just commit to this and work on it um so yeah this is a this is a good time to have this talk (laughs) I don't know if it's good or bad because it's like, I don't really have much for you, but at the same time I need to work on it. (laughs) No, this is good because people listening to this probably by nature are looking for ways to start working on it. Yeah. And if they hear from a professional golfer that, yeah, wait, she's, she doesn't have all this figured out yet and she's got to get better at it. That even more so brings to light what other players do. And I talk to people that, yeah, I started working on it two years ago. I started working on uh-huh. it a year ago. You, you're starting to work on it like fully now Literally, in the last yeah. couple of weeks or yesterday. So yeah, that's great too. Um, yeah. So like, and it what, shows that, oh, yeah. sorry, I was no, like, you. just going to say like, it just shows that not everyone has it all together on tour. Not everyone's perfect. Right. And so that's something when I looked up as a kid, I'm like, wow, like they're so great. They got everything together. It is not true. Everyone's different in their own ways. And they manage to, the thing is like, managing your game is so underrated as well. Like mm-hmm. tr- trying to keep it all together and play good enough golf. That's a little bit harder, like harder to do than like, and all that. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. What do you mean managing your game, keeping it all together? What does that mean? Like trying to keep everything, like keep your energy up, keep your mental energy up, like your your mechanics, your mm-hmm. the traveling, like because every week's different. You're not going to, you can try to get into a routine of things, 
but that's just like not the case in case there's like a pro-am at this time or like practice round times are not available if there's weather whatever you just have to become adaptable or like you have to adapt to everything in golf there's not one of the same thing like different grasses different I don't even know elevation. So sure. I yeah. see it's, there's so many, you're juggling variables. so many balls. There's um, yeah. Yeah. So many variables, there's hundreds and, and they're not all going to be on at the same time. And those are the, yeah. th- when they are, those are the, probably the weeks that you win, but mm-hmm. to able to be able to play well consistently is the person that's best at keeping all the balls in the air. Right. Yeah. And do you feel like you're getting better at that I mean you just kind of started right I think yeah I want to say I'm getting better at or yeah definitely because you know finishing second at your first symmetry event of the year was great but you're realistically you're not finishing second every week so for me it's like the last next few events it was like t20 t22 whatever I miscut Mm. um but it's just managing my game even though it's not perfect it's good enough Mm. And like some people, or for me at least, perfectionist, like the perfectionist in me, I'm like, I want to do great and all that. But then sometimes good enough is just okay. And it's like, you're chugging along. You honestly on Symmetra or what on LPJ, PJ, whatever, you need to really just have like five, maybe five, maybe six solid weeks in the year. And then you're, you're going to keep your card or like earn your card to go to PGA, LPGA. Mm. So honestly, you can't, or not you can't you should really strive for those five to six weeks and the other week just play like, okay, good enough golf and you're solid. Yeah. That's that's where the pressure comes off. Right. That's a good perspective to have to, to take the pressure off to say, I don't have to be like, even your second place finish wasn't perfect. I'm assuming. And you don't have to be perfect to play great golf and you definitely Mm -hmm. don't have to be perfect just to keep your card or move up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so to kind of shift towards something a little more practical about perfectionism, mm-hmm. what something that I talk to players all the time about is moving on from a bad shot. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's always the most sought after answer that people have. Like, yeah. how do I move on when things are going bad, bad shot, bad yeah. hole, bad score. So what do yeah. you do? Like you hit a terrible shot. What do you yeah. do to move on? Yeah. All right. So I do this often because I, I do hit wonky shots sometimes. <laughs> I literally, I react to it in the moment because you're allowed to. Right. And so what I've worked on a lot was just like, just move. It's easier said than done. Just move on, go to your next shot, just find the ball and hit it. Make sure you just goes in the hole. Like if you can, if you start to like add up your emotions by the time you get to the green, it's just like a dumpster fire. Like mm-hmm. it's just not, really good for you you probably look like a fool doing this as well and just like it's not good for your mental mental health mental mm-hmm. energy like it's just not fun so basically if I hit a bad shot I'm like oh gosh okay well I went left <laughs> now I'm just gonna go find it and hit it again I can react to it maybe for five seconds like try to feel whatever I needed to feel go find the next shot because like, what are you going to do about it? You already did it. You already hit it. So yeah. you can't, you know, you can't just is, sit on it. Is this something you have always been decent at? Or is it something you had to work on? I had to work on it for sure. Mm. I just remember I probably in college too, like I hit a bad shot and I just be like 
really frustrated about it. But then I just like then go to the next shot. Then if I didn't play well, like I'm like really frustrated. I'm really like quiet and like, and all this. I probably was not the best teammate when I was playing bad. And I, and I, you know, I admit it. And so that's what's something I had to work on as well. Cause like college golf is weird. You're in a team environment on an individual sport. So yeah, basically you just got to suck it up and just, you know, it's in the past. What can you do to make yourself better? Mm. That's something I had to learn and, and we're still working on it. So, yeah. yeah. I like the giving yourself permission. You said you're allowed to yeah. like react yes. to it. You, the the yeah. steam, the blow off valve of the pressure yes. that's building up inside of you. If you don't, yes. like you said, you build it up by the time you get to the green. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So is that like, I mean, is there like a hard rule you follow? Like Tiger Woods would say like he gets 10 seconds or 10 steps. Is it something you oh, yeah. give yourself like that? Or is it kind of. Um, not specifically, but I guess I have noticed that like if I did react to it, once I put the club back in, I'm walking towards the ball. I'm just like, all right, where, where am I going to next? Like what, right. where's the break going? So I think it's basically once you put the club back in the bag. I would say I'm not like, I'm not like being specific about it, but yeah, now I'm going to think about it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, to people that just let the negative thoughts barrage them and they don't really, they're not really aware of it. Like you are, you're, you're in a good position because you've been working on this a long time, but people that Uh are like, I get too mad after bad shots. Uh A good trigger is you hear the club hit the bottom of the bag and Mm -hmm. that triggers you to say it's in the past. It's yeah. time to move on. Yeah. Well, I mean, like you're walking toward your ball. So it's like you've already accepted that you're going to the wherever it ended <laughs> up. So you can't, you know, dwell on the past, basically. Hmm. So, yeah. I yeah. just say, yeah, club in the bag, you're good. Yeah. I, that's a good trigger. And some people, it's like yeah. take 10 steps, do whatever. Yeah. Don't, don't nothing hard. There's no hard yeah. and fast rule that could, whatever works. But yeah, it's generally take the, let yourself be emotional and yeah. then so you got to shift over to logical as soon as yeah. you can. Right. That's basically yeah. the gist of it. Basically. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. So yeah. that's, that's like, we've covered a lot. That's been some really mm-hmm. good stuff, but I want to yeah. know like basically how, like what percentage of golf this is something I ask people a lot. I, I try to ask every episode, what percentage of golf is physical and what percent is mental? Oh gosh. <laughs> I don't know if I'm the right person to ask. <laughs> um, I want to say a lot of it is definitely more mental than it is physical. I want to say probably 70% mental, 30% physical, because they like play off each other. Right. And so but I want to say I want to emphasize mental more because that's the more important one, I think. Because if you don't, sorry, I'm just thinking of this because I never thought about this till now. Yeah, I, I dropped it on you. Don't worry. Yeah, this is, this is bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I wish I wish it was more, I wish I had grown up thinking it was more mental than physical. I just remember my dad as a kid just telling me, it's a mental game, it's a mental game. I'm like, I don't understand that, but okay. Yeah. But um, now hmm. I'm like, oh God you're right dad um <laughs> so yeah it's I, okay 70 probably towards 80 yeah. gotcha okay yeah 
So what would you like to the little kid version of you that you mm-hmm. wish knew what, what would you tell her? What would you say? I would, I just be like, just stop or try to think about it more rather than blaming it on your swing, blaming it on the physical things that you did, because like, it probably was mental. It probably was all these mental things that like me being mad at myself probably clouded my judgment on the next shot. And so sometimes I even, you know, realize that sometimes now, um, but it definitely was more cloudy as a kid. Um, so yeah, I think it was just more so I could have released the released the negativity more so as a kid or junior golf or whatever. Um, yeah, that's hmm. about probably it. Yeah. And the conversations that you're having recently with your friend mm-hmm. yesterday is probably the conversation you wish you could have to younger version of Beth, right? Like keep yeah. it simple, stupid. Yeah, exactly. I yeah. wish I had done that more. I probably, even though I did play well as a kid, I probably could have done better mm. and stuff. So, yeah, but it's, it's, but you, you know, I, I'm glad I learned about it now and oh, not yeah. two, three years down the road right? where I'm like older. Cause you know, go- women's golf, I don't really know the age, but like once it starts getting later in your twenties, it's like, mm, is it time to move on and all that? So yeah. Yeah. Glad I found out now. Yeah. It's better now. It's better now than never right? Or better now than later. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I've got a whole spectrum of people that listen to this and there's no, there's no like say this is the only type of person that listens, but Mm -hmm. as just one final question for you, what would you tell the listener? Like focus on this, like this, this is the tip I would give you on the mental golf show that, that you could take away from this and like just one little thing. It doesn't have to be like, this is the best advice that has ever been heard. Oh, but yeah. What would you tell uh, the average golfer? For the mental game? Yeah. Let's keep okay. it mental. Yeah. But, sorry. <laughs> no, the mental golf show. The, the um, physical golf show. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I think mentally it's just like the advice I just got keeping it simple yeah. because honestly golf golf makes your like your gears work honestly you're just thinking is it this is it this is this honestly keeping it simple getting it from point a to point b just don't take point don't take a different round each time whatever keep it simple it's true golf shouldn't be it's extremely hard Mm -hmm. but you can make it not hard if you just kept it simple Mm. and yeah that's a great way to put it yeah yeah i think that's an excellent advice because there's no like do this routine and you'll be a better golfer. Yeah. But if you have no. a general sense of let's keep it simple, go to go from yes. point A to point B and then go from point B to point C. Keep it simple. Exactly. I love that. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Sweet. All right, cool. Anything else from you? Any, you good? Anything? I think, I think I'm okay. I think I, I think I'm okay. All that I have. No, 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 sorry. I didn't that's mean right. that way. No, no, it's no. Basically like I can't think of anything right now except gotcha. that because that's yeah. all I've thought about. So I love it. I love it. Yeah. yeah. And I, I look forward to like in a year and two years when you've yeah. had more than a day to think about your mental game, how, <laughs> how much you progress. I mean, yeah, that's awesome. I love, I love where your head's at one day in. Yeah. Oh, hey, thanks for doing this show though. Absolutely. I really appreciate it. And like, honest, I wish I had this couple years ago too, but I'm glad you do it now. Oh, yeah. yeah that's well, awesome. Thank you. All right. Well, thank yeah. you so much, Beth. Thank you for, for being sure. on. Thanks Josh. All right. See you. All right. We'll see you.
All right, everybody, episode is over. Wasn't that such a good conversation? I I learned a lot just by talking to her. So I hope you learned just as much as I did. If you did, I would love it if you dropped by the Mental Golf Show Facebook group and left a just a comment or whatever on what you learned from this episode, the uh, what you learned from Beth, what you learned from anything you heard on this episode. Drop by. Become part of the community. It's an awesome community. It's people contribute, people talk, people uh, like things. <laughs> anyway, I, I love it. I love the Mental Golf Show Facebook group. It's such a good place. I don't I don't get to go over there as much as I want to. I I'm I'm a I'm busy. I try to stay busy, but when I get to go over there, it's always full of some good stuff. So drop by there uh, and leave what you learned from this episode or something you've learned recently or something that has occurred to you on the golf course. Drop by there and let us all know. And of course, uh, as a reminder, you can take the mental game assessment. The link will be in the show notes. It'll be the first thing. You won't be able to miss it. Or you can drop by my website, foundationsmp.com, to browse around, look at blog posts, learn more about me, uh, communicate with me, whatever. Um, And you can find the mental game assessment there. Uh, So I hope you drop by. And if you ever have any questions, if you ever need to reach me directly, you can email the show's email address, mentalgolfshow at gmail.com. Drop me anything you need. Hit me up anytime. I'm always available. All right. I will see you guys in the next one.